Seed to Sound, presented by Banks, a podcast for cannabis professionals. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Seed to Sound. On today's episode, we chat with Karen Mayberry, Matt Mayberry, and Benjamin Wong, co-founders of Trim. Welcome back, everybody, to Seed to Sound. Now, even though you're hearing this episode one week after our Native Roots series has wrapped, we actually haven't recorded for about two months. So Catherine and I are super excited to be back in the studio. And even better, we are here with the co-founders of Trim. Woo! So excited to have you guys here. Thank you so much for joining us in studio. Thank you. Yeah, we're really excited to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Now, before we fully jump in, I want to, again, express my excitement at having the three of you here. We talked months ago at this point about having you guys in studio, and now it has finally come to fruition. So thank you again for being here. Really, really appreciate you guys taking time out of your busy schedules. And with all of that being said, please introduce yourselves and let us know a little bit about what each of you do at Trim. Thanks, Hannah. It's great to be here. Um, my name is Karen. I am the marketing director and one of the three co-founders of Trim. And um, given that we are a small and scrappy team, we all wear a lot of hats, but I find a lot of pleasure in content creation and engaging with our community and um, reading and writing, learning everything I can about cannabis cultivation and software development. So um, yeah, that's my that's what I do. Awesome. <laughs> I'm Matt. I'm the CEO. And uh, for the majority of the time that Trim has been in existence, I really focused on our software development. Uh, just recently, we brought on a CTO that's based uh, here in Colorado, in Denver. Uh, his name's Sean McCullough, and he's from uh, Baker Technologies. He was the VP of Engineering over at Baker. Uh, so now I'm doing less uh, software development, and I'm focusing more on growing the business, the, uh, raising some capital. Uh, I still keep uh, product management and design work under me, but effectively all the other engineering work is now managed by Sean and his team. Very nice. And I'm Benjamin. I'm the COO of Trim here and um, co-founder with both Matt and Karen. And uh, my responsibilities are really just sort of internal and uh, outward-facing operations, sales, installation, and our hardware. Very cool. So why don't each of you walk us through your career journey and tell us how you got into the cannabis industry? Uh, yeah, so I'll kick it off. Benjamin and I actually have a similar uh, career journey, I guess you could say. Uh, we both Ended up working together, but uh, kind of had different paths to get there. I started in civil engineering. Uh, shortly out of uh, graduating from college, though, the housing market crash occurred, and civil engineering we got to be a pretty dismal place to be. So I started looking for other opportunities, and the solar industry was really on the rise right then. Uh, it was really similar, actually, to where the cannabis industry is at right now. It was a very nascent market with a lot of um, uh, small startups. I mean, basically, it was an, uh, an industry of startups at that point very similar to cannabis. It seemed like a really exciting place to be, so I took a job that was uh, pretty pitiful pay initially to, <laughs> to get into solar, uh, but I learned a lot at that job at a, at a small startup, and it paved the way for a pretty successful career in solar. Uh, ended up working at SunPower, which is one of the largest solar manufacturers in the US. I started as an engineer and then eventually worked my way into product management based on a, a mentor that I had that was the executive vice president of, of product there kind of pulled me over into the business side of things. And uh, even though in college, when I was in engineering school, I thought I never wanted to uh, be anything close to marketing or sales. Once I actually started doing it, I really liked it and enjoyed it. So I uh, ended up becoming director of product management at SunPower. And uh, that was a really exciting journey through um, kind of rising up through uh, from engineering up into uh, an executive or a director level. Benjamin and I were working together. I don't want to steal his thunder too much because I know he's going to go. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, we started looking at other opportunities. Uh, 
cannabis was really exciting to us. We both had kind of a passion for cannabis. And as we started to look at the uh, cannabis market, we thought that we would build uh, an energy management product for cannabis. And uh, that was initially kind of like how we decided to to move into the uh, into the industry. Definitely changed our, we, we pivoted shortly after uh, transitioning into cannabis, but that was kind of the, the genesis of the idea and how we started it. And I just to add on to that, the way uh, Matt alluded to the fact that our paths merge um, in the solar industry. Previous to that, I had been an electrician for about 15 years working in uh, California and, and Northern California. And at the time, um, the medical market was coming up, and I had a lot of peers and friends that were starting to set up their own grows and cultivation spaces. And me being uh, one of their, their peers and electricians lent a hand on, on quite a number of uh, facilities, bring ups, and uh, eventually uh, ran my own farm for a little while, and then sort of decided to, to transition my career back into a more normalized uh, career path and, and went uh, into solar, uh, where I was a uh, electrician and project manager and eventually found my way into SunPower as an engineer where I met Matt and uh, in, the, in a similar vein the way that Matt was pulled over to the product management side Matt pulled me over to the product management side after you know about five years and we started working together pretty closely and shared, realized we had a, a shared vision and shared passion for a lot of things so it was a, a pretty natural progression. Yeah, we worked together for about six years before uh, before starting Trim. So my uh, entry into the cannabis industry, I have to say, is fortuitous. I've had a lifelong love affair with cannabis. And um, Matt and I are actually married. So when these guys were talking about you know, the idea of, of starting a company and entering the cannabis industry, I immediately wanted to jump on board. And um, I have a background in marketing. And um, I kind of consider myself like the underdog of the team. I was actually a stay-at-home mom before joining the team. And um, cannabis was really instrumental for me there. Like being a little bit alone, raising a child for the first time, having no experience. Um, so parlaying like my love of cannabis and knowing how much healing and positivity can bring into people's lives, um, I was very eager to join the team and grow with the company. Karen's also very modest too. She's such no experience, but she has a, a degree in marketing from UTA. And she also t went to General Assembly and did a digital marketing program. So I think that she's being very modest about that. But well, uh, thank you. <laughs> but they, Matt and Benjamin have very impressive work experience, and I feel like it's good when you have something to prove. You know, it makes you work that much harder, Definitely. and that's kind of how I live this life, working for Trim. And I'm I feel honored to work on this team. We're very lucky to have you. Yeah, I don't know what we would do without you. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, that's <Hi>. adorable. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so now you touched on it a little bit, Matt, but where did the idea for Trim originate? What was that kind of spark of inspiration that, you know, created this whole... Can I call it an empire? Can I call it a mini empire? Is that okay? I feel like uh, you guys uh, are about that's, to that's, take the world that'd by be storm. very gracious of you to say <laughs> that. Yeah, uh, yeah so... I mentioned that when we first got into solar, it was uh, a really nascent market, and we got to experience like the exciting time of a market growing into a mainstream market. At the time when we got into solar, like very few people even knew someone that had it on their house, and now it's you know a relatively common thing that you see frequently. You see advertisements on TV for it, it's on the radio. It's a, it's a much more mainstream uh, concept. Uh, that was really fun during the the early days. Like it was, it was really really exciting. We got to do a lot of everything. It was very cowboyish, like shoot from the hip, and like you know we'll make up for it later. <laughs> we uh, it got to be a little less exciting as we like raised. Uh, we we grew in our careers to uh, a higher like a more elevated place in um, our companies respectively, and then similarly the industry had kind of 
the the growth is still very meaningful, but it, it was not as like hockey stick like up to the to the right, you know. Right. <laughs> and so uh, we started looking for like what's another market that would be excited to get into, and uh, cannabis was a, a really obvious one because all three of us uh, have a, a pretty clear passion for it. Um, I've been a hobby grower for like I remember I planted my first bag seeds when I was like 16, so <laughs> and that's like uh, unfortunately like 20 years ago. So um, we, uh, you know, I've kind of had a, a the early stuff that I did was very poor quality, but, you know, I, I would say that I've gotten to a place where... We've gotten you know, better. We've gotten pretty good at it. So, uh, we, like, had that as a, a you know, uh, an interest level, I guess you could say there, and we knew a lot of people that were in the industry, and so it seemed like a good natural fit of where we could apply our skills. The initial idea, as I mentioned, was an energy management product, and for those that don't know what that is, it's basically using software and hardware to help uh, businesses reduce their electrical load for the purpose of uh, saving money. And so we had... Uh, we knew how much energy uh, indoor cannabis grows actually use, and so we thought we could help them reduce costs this way. In order to kind of gauge whether or not the market was interested in this product, we built uh, a really rough prototype. We actually didn't write a line of code. We built a really rough clickable prototype using some design tools. And we bought a trade show booth, and we went to the booth and like tried to sell this prototype that we had to see if people wanted it. Nice. And uh, the feedback that we got was like there was something there that was interesting, but it wasn't it wasn't the right product. It was like energy was a feature; it wasn't the whole product. And so we started to figure out like, okay, what's really like between the lines here that customers are asking for? And that we left that trade show like both invigorated and also a little concerned because we had already all quit our jobs and we're like working on this full time. And so. On the way home, we drove there because we're very budget. We still are very budget. Um, we drove down to Palm Springs from San Francisco, so it's like a nine-hour drive home. And uh, the whole time, we were just talking about like, what are we, what are we going to do here? Like, what, what's the, what's the feedback we got? So we, we, I think, had a pretty rough idea about what we would build from that drive, and then we started finding any grow that would let us in. We'd go tour it. We'd interview the grower. And we had just learned a ton from that. We made good connections at that first trade show, and we continued to like make more connections. And so we honestly didn't really start writing code for like probably three or four months into us being a company. And then once we had a pretty decent idea of uh, what we could build that would add value to customers, we started um, we started thinking through like what the what the uh, architecture would look like, and we landed on this idea of farm management. Largely, the reason that we ended up there was at that same trade show I mentioned. Growers would come up to the booth and they'd say, so what do you guys do? And we'd explain it to them. And kind of as an icebreaker, we'd say, so tell us how much you spend per pound on energy. And a lot of them, many of them would say, uh, you know, I don't know how much I spend per pound on anything. anything. <laughs> and so we were like, uh, you know, the, the nature of the industry had been that for so long, growers were making great margins. And so you didn't necessarily have to, to focus costs. on your cost to get sold. We saw the exact same thing in solar. Like a lot of early, like I remember the startup that I worked at, we'd just kind of be like, oh, let's charge this for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, sometimes we'd lose money, sometimes we'd make money. And I, I, you know, kind of speculatively, I think that was kind of the nature of where the cannabis industry was at for cultivators. Now that the markets have seen an influx of growers, the necessity to focus on their cost has really increased. And so uh, I think where we kind of realized that growers could use some help kind of figuring out what their costs are. But that alone also we didn't think was a, it's a product in itself. And so we started looking at like, okay, well, what are the biggest cost drivers? What are the biggest problems that you guys have? And as we started to look at the problems we were trying to solve, we realized that there was software outside of cannabis that does the thing we were trying to do. And it's a sector of software called or sector of ag tech called farm management software. And nobody had specifically built a farm management product that served the cannabis industry. We realized that there was uh, 
a really strong opportunity to apply technology from outside of cannabis into the cannabis industry. And uh, it also fit within our wheelhouse. Like, so we know a lot about IoT, Internet of Things, connectivity devices, and uh, we also have a strong background in building software products. So it seemed like it was still like a, a natural fit for us as a, a skill set. Um, and it really seemed like it was solving the, the customer product in a, in a uh, superb way. That, that's awesome. I think that the fact that you started with something on a relatively small scale and you took the feedback that you got and you ran with it. I feel like there are a lot of companies who don't do that. They're just so set in their ways. They have an idea. They want to see that through and they're not willing to grow beyond that. And so the fact that you recognize that so early on, I think is what kind of separates you from a lot of other companies out there. So great job. Congratulations on that alone. Thank you. I think Matt has really, um, for me, taught us the value of listening and how important that is because you learn so much. And you have to set your ego aside and realize that these people who have been growing this incredibly special plant for so long know what they're doing, you know, and they don't need to be told how to do it. They just need some tools to perhaps, you know, gather data to optimize for the future and evolve like the market is evolving. So all of that being said, why don't you give us a one sentence summary of the top benefit of using Trim? I'd say we help growers run their operation more efficiently and consistently. And so that that really kind of spreads out to their operations and also their production. So they, we help them manage their team, their people. Um, we help them manage where their plants are, what, what uh, the productivity of those plants. And then we also help them ma manage their operational expenses as well. That was not one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like I think you summed it up. That was <clears throat> good. Yeah. I, I also think we help um, cultivators had been gathering data for a long time. They know the value of data collection and tracking conditions and specific data points. But doing that manually is impossible to glean actual insights from that. So being able to digitize that and c display the data um, in a beautiful dashboard that's you know helpful creates a lot of value. What has been your biggest challenge working in the cannabis industry? The obvious one that comes right off the top of my head is just the limitations put upon cannabis businesses. We really struggled with banks, you know, just accepting money or the foundations of creating a business. Um, there's a lot of challenges there um, that every cannabis business faces. And obviously there's advertising limitations and social stigmas. Um, so every business faces that. And, and we also have experienced those challenges. And you just got to, you don't give up, you know, you keep trying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the like kind of, status quo in the valley is that when you start a startup you go get a bank account at silicon valley bank which we did and two weeks into it they kicked us out we hadn't even they, they, it was pretty kind of funny they called us and they said we hadn't sold a system yet so they called us and they said do you sell your product to cannabis farmers and i was like no not we yet. have never sold a product to cannabis <laughs> farmers <laughs> that is not a lie like, and then the guy kind of thought about pretty it he was like pull. do you mm -hmm. intend to sell your product to cannabis farmers Ooh. and i said yeah we do <laughs> and uh so then they told us that even though we were software, that they, they uh, did not want our money. So That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it's so amazing. You know, people don't think that those of us that are on the ancillary side of cannabis, they think that we don't experience the same challenges that people that are plant touching face. But yeah. we do. And it's so frustrating. It really is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd also take the, uh, the issues that Karen mentioned with banking. Uh, they, that spreads into raising capital as well. So we, I think, naively thought that we would come in and uh, we would have this idea and that people would just be writing checks for us out, out of the day. Out of the you thought that. Yeah. <laughs> That's very optimistic. Yeah. So, so we thought, I think I thought possibly naively that we would just be getting checks right out, right out of the gate. Um, but the problem is when you come out and you say you're a cannabis company, you know, there's 
thousands of VCs in the United States. There's even more if you go international. The problem is that when you tell them that your intention is to sell your product to cannabis farmers, that you, you instantly lose the attention of like 99% of them. There's very few uh, VCs that actually specialize in cannabis. And, uh, you know, that, that really limits yourself. You're basically cutting yourself at, off at the, the ankles when you're trying to raise and, and your focus is on cannabis. So that's been uh, a learning experience for us. You know, I had seen startups that were in the energy sector. I'd seen startups that were in the ag tech sector that were friends of mine that had raised capital that had, you know, very few issues with a founding team that had the experience that we had and an idea that really has the market validation that we've already proven. So uh, we were surprised by that. We're overcoming it. Uh, we spent more time in the friends and family and angel stage than I think than I think that we uh, had expected. But uh, now we just recently got our first VC investment, which is uh, yeah, we're really excited <laughs> about that, uh, and we expect to uh, continue that trend now. So uh, you know, it was uh, about. 14 months longer than I thought it was going to be, but uh, it's, uh, you know, now that it's here, we're uh, able to kind of like take a breath and and kind of think about how we want to grow the business. So now that we've addressed some of the many challenges that exist as a cannabis business working in this industry, tell us about some of your greatest successes thus far. Um, I would say just our goal of creating these wonderful relationships, these are our successes. You know, the, the people that we've met, that we've built relationships with, and community and, and partnerships, it, it brings us a ton of joy, you know. And we really have found our people. Like, if you put yourself out there and are authentic and honest and genuine, like, people, your people will gravitate tw- towards you. And um, we're just getting some momentum experiencing that now, and it's incredibly exciting. So something we like to ask the wide variety of people that we have on here, all of these really passionate cannabis professionals, is what is the biggest myth about cannabis or the industry that you'd like to dispel? From my personal perspective, I think a lot of companies that are coming into cannabis from outside the industry think that these guys don't know what they're doing. And I have... Like, I fundamentally disagree with that. When you go into uh, to many of these farms, they're run extremely professionally. They have uh, excellent business model. They're, you know, aware of what they're doing. They, they have a method for why they do it. And, you know, the reason we're able to succeed in this industry is that we're kind of helping them with some tools that maybe they haven't found that are specific to what they need. Uh, but we're not coming in here with the mindset of, you know, we're going to teach these stoners how to, you know, do inventory management and and run their farm like we're helping them do what they do better and giving them tools that don't exist right now Uh, so that's probably like i think the biggest uh myth about coming into the cannabis industry is uh you know there's it's a solid industry it's a it's an industry of startups um but it's 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 a solid industry there's a lot of people that know what they're doing and then maybe more on the consumption side and the you know the consumer side Uh, as a long time and loyal cannabis consumer i would say that you can be extremely um, productive and intelligent and you know empathetic and a wonderful human being and still use cannabis daily and there's all levels of use I mean it's not a one or zero type of you know consumption you can some people like to imbibe a little bit on the weekends just to dispel the myth that once you use it you're forever labeled a hardcore stoner you know, that's not that is not the truth <laughs> We all know that. I'm okay being labeled a hardcore stoner. Me too. (laughs) I know. I'm taking back stoner for, like, the people. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it has to be negative. Definitely not. Let's take it back. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. 
trim team for being here today we super appreciate having you guys out i know that you're you're here from california if i didn't mention that before so you came quite a long way i know you didn't come here for seed to sound i'm gonna choose to believe that no you did. we did we did, did yeah we absolutely did yeah. i did i've just been camping outside waiting for this <laughs> that's all i want that's, that's all I want. who that guy was outside yeah, it was matt <laughs> Well, thank you again so much for joining us today. It was an absolute blast. And if you're not already familiar with Trim, check out their website. All the information is there. A super awesome platform. If you have a farm or a grow, you need them. Use them. And thank you again so much. <laughs> thank you so much, Hannah and thank Kathy. You guys. Thank you so much. Sound, presented by Vangst, a podcast for cannabis professionals. Produced by Hannah Holmgren and Catherine Jamiro. Music by Tyson Weigel. For more information, visit www.blog.vangst.com. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. How do cannabis CEOs balance growth and optimization strategies? What is THCO, Delta 10, and CBNA, and why should you care about these minor cannabinoids? And why is an endocannabinoid system covered in medical school? Most people think they're up to date in trends in the cannabis industry, but they're about six weeks behind. Learn about what is truly next in the cannabis space by joining myself, Brian Fields, and Kellen Finney every week on the Dime Podcast, and of course, on PodConnects.